please join me in welcoming Will Kendrick. Thank you for having me. Can, can you all hear me? Just good. Um, well, I, I see a lot of you guys uh, dressed up. I, um, this is what you get with College Met the College. Whenever they see me in, they're going to see me tonight in this, and they're going to be like, what, are you OK? Is, is something going on? Uh, because it's sweatpants and t-shirts all day, every day. Um, that's the nice part about college ministry. Uh, but thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Um, but wanted to share with you guys my, my story, my testimony, uh, how God brought me to today. Um, and so uh, I've got some notes uh, here on my phone, and if I look down, it's because I'm um, trying to stay on task. I'm, I'm a talker. I'm a storyteller, storyteller, and so I can be here for about three hours. Uh, 30 minutes will turn into three hours real quick uh, unless I stick by my notes. So, but I grew up in a small town, Martinsville, Virginia. It's about 45 minutes straight north of Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, if you don't know where that's at. Uh, grew up in a... Um, uh, family that loves the Lord, uh, my mom, my dad, and my sister. Uh, my sister is 20 months older than me, and so, uh, you know, she was uh, my best friend growing up. Um, so, super rural area. Um, all my other friends live 15 minutes away, so my sister, um, you know, taught me a lot and played with me and, and dressed me up in a dress one time. That was all it took for my dad picking on me, um, and that was the end of that. And so, um, but yeah, I grew up in a, in a church that loved the Lord. We were uh, in the church every time the doors were open, uh, whether that be Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and everything in between. Uh, and so got a really good foundation of who the Lord was. Um, but uh, the church that I went to uh, was, we, it, was a, it was a non-denominational Christian church um, in name. It was uh, a Baptist church in practice. Uh, and so they really focused on uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. Um, we, we did believe in the Trinity. We believed in the Holy Spirit, absolutely. But we never sp spoke about what the Holy Spirit did. I just knew that he was a spirit, and, and that was it. And so um, my sophomore year of high school, uh, my, my grandfather passed away. And so he was instrumental in my life. Um, he lived... Uh, about 200 yards up the road. I could see his house. And so um, he was never a father to my father, but he was a great grandfather to me. And so he had COPD uh, and he couldn't do anything. Uh, he was at home alone all day, every day. And so as soon as I would get home from school, I would go up and we would just sit and he would talk about baseball. And he would never, he couldn't walk around that well because he'd get out of breath. And so my dad built a batting cage uh, in our backyard. Uh, my dad was an airplane mechanic, and so he brought home metal scraps from the uh, airplane, and we built a batting cage, and so my papa would drive up in the yard in his little truck. He had a 1988 Nissan, and uh, his little bitty thing, and so he would drive up in the yard, and he would critique my swing, every swing. Like, oh, you did this, you did that, um, and so he's very instrumental in my life, and, and he passed away uh, spring of my 10th grade year. Well, Spring of my 10th grade year as well, I made varsity baseball. Um, I was five foot one. Um, I was little. Uh, I didn't hit puberty until I was 16, 17 years old. Um, but I was very good um, fundamentally at baseball because I had to be, because I was so small. And so I made varsity and I didn't play. Um, Tunstall. 
And Tunstall is in Danville, Virginia, if anybody's ever heard of Danville. And, uh, and they were 99-1-1 one one in like the past eight years. And so we're playing Tunstall, and like we've got no shot. And, uh, and so they put me on a pinch runner. It's the bottom of the ninth. We're tied one-to-one. And in high school, you only play seven innings. And so um, we're tied one-to-one in, in the ninth inning, so we're in extras. And, uh, and they put me on first as a pinch runner. Well, I was still second. And then I still third. And then I still home, and we win the game. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, my, my coach was not very happy with me still in home. But I saw the opportunity, and I took it. And uh, so the, yeah, he, was happy, he was happy after that. Um, but so after the game, uh, this guy walks up to me, and he introduces himself. Nice to meet you. Went and did my thing. Uh, well, a couple months later, I got a phone call, and he said, hey, you know, we, we want you to come and take a look at the school. And I was like, Coach, you know, I appreciate it, but, you know, my family can't afford a private school. And he was like, well, funny you should mention that. We've got an art scholarship with your name on it. And I was like, an art scholarship? I've never taken an art class in my life. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, so all you have to do is be in one play, and you can do it. And I was like, okay, I've never been in a play either. Only church plays, you know, VeggieTales and all that good stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, so, uh, you know, I went from um, the public school, you know, where I've, where I've grown all my friends for, for years to a completely different county um, in this private school where everybody's an athlete, everybody's good. Um, so everybody was, their families were either well off or they were very good at athletics. And so um, went there, and when I went there, uh, I thought that, you know, I'm getting an art scholarship to go play baseball. Like, I'm, I'm that good. And uh, I got there, and I wasn't that good. Everybody was that good. And so I went from being, uh, you know, popular, if you will, because my sister was two years older than me, and I hung out with all of her friends, and I was pretty decent at baseball, to being just a run-of-the-mill baseball player and a run-of-the-mill guy. And so what I did there um, was my, my first year there, my junior year, I made first-team All-State. Um, and then um, I started dating a girl, and we crossed some boundaries that should have never been crossed. Um, and that was really never a temptation before. Um, and so I was trying to figure this thing out. My sister went off to college, and um, my, my grandfather just passed away and moving to a new school, and it was just weird. And so broke up with her, uh, and so then my senior year, I was like, you know what, like I'm, I'm sick and tired of just being a nobody. And so, uh, so I started drinking, uh, and I started smoking marijuana, and I started chasing women, and I started running moonshine. And so um, that led me down a really dark path. And so uh, me and my dad, we're, we're best friends uh, still to this day. I, I love my dad to death. And um, my dad and I resented each other. Um, he was, I was gone all the time, and uh, my dad and my mom are very old school, so they were just like, okay, you know, we bought your truck, we bought your phone, we bought this, we bought that, you don't get any of this anymore, good luck getting out, and so I was like, okay, cool, call my friend um, from the house phone, and uh, hey, come pick me up, and so, um, but, but did that my entire senior year. Well, the same coach that shook my hand and said, hey, my name's David Gaylor, um, two years, or a year and a half before that, came up to me in February uh, of my senior year right before season's supposed to start. Season's supposed to start the next week. And, you know, I'm first team All-State, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 
cruising. And, uh, and he comes up to me and he says, hey, uh, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, I don't know, you know, why, well, like, what's going on? Uh, do we have anything for baseball? Like, what, what's happening? And he said, no, you're going to a Christian convention with me and Corey, who was his son. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he said, yes, you are. Your bags are already packed. We're leaving today. And I was like, my bags aren't packed, coach. Like, I, and he said, yeah, your parents already dropped it off. Um, you're going. And I was like, all right. And so, um, and so we went, uh, and, I, and I went to this Christian convention. And so it was, uh, it, it was I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, uh, associated with the Methodist church, and it's called Chrysalis. And so, um, and so it was like 30, 30 guys my age, and we show up, and, you know, we're, we're worshiping and stuff, and I'm like, you know, dweebs singing, you know. Um, and then as the weekend kind of went on, it was like, oh, my gosh, like, they're struggling with the exact same things that I'm struggling with. They're doing the exact same things that I'm doing. They're, they're just as lost as I am. Well, by the end of the weekend, I was like, you know what, I, this is it. Like, I'm sick and tired of running from God. Fast forward, we, you know, make it to state, all that fun stuff. I go to college, and as soon as I get to college, everything went back down the drain. And so I, I kept uh, pursuing myself, pursuing uh, the world, um, and yeah, it was um, it was tough. Uh, you know, get to college, and it was August, and then September, and then October. Uh, when October rolled around. I remember this specifically. Um, Hurricane Sandy. I don't know if any of y'all remember that. Uh, Hurricane Sandy when it came through in 2012. Uh, that was my freshman year of college. And uh, I was in West Virginia at this small Division II school in West Virginia. And uh, we got four feet of snow in three days. And, uh, you know, it, it was miserable. I hate snow. And, um, but... You know, what do you do? Um, the power's out. Yeah, I, I can't go home. I've never driven in snow before. I don't even know what this white stuff is. And it's four feet of it. And so, um, so what did we do? We partied instead, right? So everybody went and, and got beer. And uh, we made a huge igloo um, and, uh, and, you know, made a bonfire in the igloo. And all the baseball team got together. And so um, we were drinking. And, um, and the next morning I woke up. And I wasn't in bed by myself. And, um, and, I, and I turned and I looked, and it was our team captain, who was a senior, who was six foot six, 275 pounds. It, it was his girlfriend. And I was like, this isn't good. Um, and so, uh, but at that moment, at that moment, I lost all self-worth that I had in keeping my virginity, right? So I'd, I'd lost it, and so it was just like, well, now that it's gone, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And so from October um, to my junior year of college, um, December 6th, to be exact, December 6th, 2014, um, I pursued anything and everything that wasn't of God. Uh, so drinking, drugs, and women. And so uh, during the midst of all this, I actually started FCA at the college. I started an on-campus Bible study. I went to church regularly, um, and so I was living a double life. I was, uh, had a huge facade that I put up. For, for anybody that was older, they would look at me and see this perfect little Christian kid 
Uh, but for anybody that was my age, they would just see the brokenness that I was living in. And so my sophomore year during all this, uh, and it kind of added to it, my college roommate, um, which this is part of his testimony, um, but he was arrested uh, for something that he didn't do. Uh, and so fast forward until December 6th, 2014, um, he gets released on bail, then he gets rearrested on December 4th, 2014. December 6th, 2014, I go and I pick him up. And we're on our way back to the dorm from the jail. And I said, hey, man, what do you want to do? And he said, uh, I want to smoke. I said, all right, let's go. So we go, and we're, um, we smoke and, and uh, smoke marijuana. And we were sitting in the, in the dorm room at college. And, um, and a lot of y'all are probably saying, how can you smoke marijuana in college in the dorm room? I was the RA. Um, and so I'm telling you, I was jacked up. Um, and so uh, he looks at me and he says, hey, man, I got a question for you. And I said, what's up? And, uh, and he says, how do you know you're going to heaven? I said, I've been saved. I've been baptized. And he said, yeah, but you believe Jesus could come back at any moment, right? I said, yeah. And he said, what if he comes back right now? What would he say to you? That I started uh, pursuing her. But, and I was like, oh, you know, I've been, been good. Um, how have you been? And so we started talking and um, we started dating on uh, April the 5th uh, of that year. And then by, uh, on February 4th that year, Ben, this is not where I want to go any farther. Um, and she said, yeah, me too. Here's my testimony. So we started dating April 5th. By May, we were crossing boundaries once again. And so from May until August uh, was just walking in sin. Um, and she looked at me in August. I was getting ready to go back to school, and she went to UNC. We won't hold it against her. Um, but uh, she looks at me, and she said, hey, remember that conversation we had last February? I said, yeah. She said, I thought you said you didn't want to do this anymore. I said, yeah, I did. And she said, you're not leading me. How are we supposed to continue a relationship in the Lord if you're not leading me? I was like, noted. So we turned from that and tried to start pursuing God. Um, and so we were, you know, long distance. We were seven and a half hours apart. Um, but, you know, um, trying, to, trying to walk with the Lord in that. Um, on, in my senior year, I... Uh, started struggling with pornography. Um, I didn't want to have sex with my wife, didn't want to lead her into sin any longer. And so I was like, well, what's a victimless sin that I can do? Uh, it's like, oh, pornography's it, right? Hurts nobody. Um, and so I started struggling with pornography. And so then we, uh, I, I graduated in May, got engaged on May 29th uh, of uh, 2016. Uh, and so then... During that engagement season, she, she's a year younger than me. Uh, during that engagement season, I moved back in with my parents um, because I was supposed to be a collegiate baseball or a professional baseball player after my collegiate career, right? Um, and so I went down to the Braves tryout a little bit later that summer, and they cut me. Um, and so I uh, didn't know what I was going to do. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go back to school. I'll go to my local community college, and I'll start raising my GPA so that way I can get into physical therapy school. And so I started doing that. Well, November rolls around, 
and I'm, I'm at a Christian concert. My mom wanted me to go to this Christian concert, and I was like, all right, I'll go with you. And we went, and it was just me and my mom, and the, the singer, I don't even remember which band it was, um, the singer says, hey, I want somebody to close your eyes, I want everybody to close their eyes right now in this room, and I, I want you guys to uh, just pray. Um, and if God's leading you down a path uh, that you're not, you're not opening your eyes to, you're trying to walk in your own path, I, I pray that he would reveal his path to you. It's like, all right, close my eyes, set the prayer, and, uh, and seminary pops in my head. I'm like, what? Seminary? I'm supposed to be going to physical therapy school. What is this? And so I, I kept fighting it. I kept battling it. Well, that was in November. Well, in December, I applied to five seminaries, and I applied to 15 physical therapy schools. Wouldn't you know it? I didn't get into any physical therapy schools, and I got into all five seminaries. <laughs> and so I was like, dang, gone. And so I was like, yeah, that's not me. I, I, I can't do this. I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to be a professional Christian. And so... Uh, Keep going. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm a, I work as um, a strength and conditioning coach at my old high school. I work as a personal trainer at a Planet Fitness. I um, am a JV baseball coach at my old high school. And I wash old women's hair at a salon and make great tips off that one. Um, but, uh, you know, I had no clue what I was going to do with my life. I had no clue. And so Hannah, um, if... I pray that all of you guys get to meet her. She is uh, five foot three and scary. Um, she's, a, she's a feisty little thing. Um, but she's, February rolls around and she says, hey, I just want to let you know we're supposed to get married in June. So I just want to let you know I'm not marrying a deadbeat. You got to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And I was like, okay, noted. Well, guess what? I got into seminary. I'm going to seminary. She was like, seminary, are you? Okay, sounds good. And so my plan was, I'm going to just go to seminary and trick her into marrying me until I figure out what I'm going to do with my life, and then I'm going to get out of seminary. And so that's what I did. I, I uh, and said I was going to seminary, enrolled. We got married in June. The Braves called me in June and say, hey, we want you to come try out for the Braves again. I'm like, okay, uh, sounds good. And so I haven't played baseball for a year now. So I start training and and, um, and really putting forth, you know, some work. And uh, two days before the tryout, while I'm working out for the tryout, I snapped my ankle. And I'm like, okay, God, um, I guess, you know, you didn't have that for me. And so that was the first point in my life where I had felt God's peace wash over me when I wasn't trying to walk on my own path. And so um, seminary, so the tryout was on a Saturday. Seminary started on Monday. And so I started going to seminary, but the whole while, our relationship was still terrible. Me and my wife, we... Zero clue of why we even got married. Uh, we, we didn't know how to fight well. We didn't know how to argue. We didn't know how to compromise. Um, our plan was she was going to be a nurse at UNC, and she was going to put me through school, and then I was going to get a job and flip-flop and put her through school. Well, nobody had ever taught us about money either. We got married with $2,000 in the bank and thought we were rich. Um, and so we didn't know anything about anything. And so there was a lot of uh, dissension. Uh, in our relationship, uh, a lot of problems. And, um, you know, I was working as, on the weekends, uh, still a travel baseball coach, and uh, her money paid the bills, and my money was for fishing. Um, and she didn't like that too well, um, which I can't blame her. But when we would get into a fight, I would just leave, uh, and I would go fishing because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and so November rolls around, and uh, and... November of 2017 in North Carolina was really cold. And so uh, 
we left and went to uh, Austin, Texas. We showed up in Austin, Texas, and um, it was kind of a last-ditch effort to save our marriage, which was only six months old. Um, we immediately got plugged into a church there, and, uh, and I went up to the preacher the very first Sunday, and I was like, hey, I love the service. Can you start discipling me? He said, absolutely. And so got plugged in, and, and then she started getting discipled, and we moved to Texas with $997 in the bank. And, and so we started focusing on Jesus and uh, rather than our problems or our, our money issues or um, each other, uh, we started focusing on Jesus and only Jesus. I got a job um, as, uh, in, in sales in, um, in Austin, and uh, our lives dramatically changed. It was like so weird that immediately when I quit focusing on what she wasn't doing for me or what I was doing uh, in spite of her or... Um, anything like that, man, the Lord showed up and <laughs> made our relationship exponentially better um, without even trying. And so the first year in sales, I, my base salary was 30K. Uh, she was a nurse in Austin, um, and so she didn't make that much either. But um, uh, by the end of the year, I'd made over $100,000 and we bought a house. And, uh, and so it was like, okay, God, uh, you know, what do you have for us? And so um, still, I'm in sales. I have a full-time job. I'm, I'm making money. I'm turning and burning. And um, I, w I won't ask everybody to raise their hands, um, but if anybody's ever seen The Wolf of Wall Street, that was the environment that I worked in. Um, my coworkers were snorting cocaine off the desks in the middle of the day, and it was you know, completely godless. Um, but you know, I was making money, and, uh, but I, I just knew that wasn't, that wasn't it. And so... Um, we started praying, like, God, what is, what is next? What is next for us? What is next for me? And, um, and so I went up to the, the preacher, the same guy that was discipling me, and I said, hey, man, do y'all have any positions open? And he said, yeah. Actually, we've been praying about you. And I was like, what have you been praying about me for? And he said, we think that you're our next pastor. We think we want to bring you on as a church planner. Um, and I was like, cool, well, let's pray about it. Well, around that time, FCA gave me a cold call. And uh, I'm used to say, hey, um, you know, we heard from a friend of a friend that you're graduating from seminary. I was like, I am? I've finished? Uh, I forgot. I was supposed to drop out of this thing. Um, and so uh, they were like, you know, are you interested in coming on staff with FCA? And I was like, well, I started it at my old school. I haven't thought about it since then. You know, what is it? Like, what is FCA? Um, and they said, well, you know, it's a fundraise ministry. And I said, stop, back up. I'm not interested. Uh, you can forget that. And so two weeks go by, and, and Hannah and I are praying about it, and, and she says, I think you ought to call him again. And I was like, okay, so I'll call him again, and I said, hey, you know, maybe I am interested. Tell me a little bit more about it. And so I'm talking to a guy up in Lancaster County, South Carolina, and, uh, and he said, yeah, it's with high schools and middle schools. And I was like, man, I, I don't feel called to high schools and middle schools. I feel called to college ministry. And so he was like, well, let me get you in touch with another guy. And I said, okay. So he got me in touch with my now boss, Justin Neely, and... Uh, and talked to Justin, and Justin, the first thing he said was, hey, this is a fundraising ministry. I said, I know. Let's get past that. Let's, let's keep talking. So we're praying through this, and uh, didn't know what to do, and stupid to figure anything out by myself. I walked outside, and there were 12 seagulls sitting on my roof. And I was like, okay, there we go. Um, so I walked back inside, and I said, Hannah, you got to come outside and see this. And she walked outside, and she was like, what in the world? And so we fly here, and, and we're taking a look around at, at different places to rent. 
And uh, we looked at six different places, and, and, you know, we prayed before we walked into each one, and um, nothing felt right. And so we're on our way to eat something. We're tired. It's been a long day. Uh, and we passed the Boulevard Apartments over in Mount Pleasant. She said, let's pull over. Let's stop. Let's look at them. I said, no, honey, like, we're not going, like, let's just go eat. I'm hungry. She said, let's just stop. Let's pray. Let's look at it. I said, okay. We get out, pray, walk in, and immediately feel at peace. And it's like, okay, maybe, you know. And they had a special, and we signed up, and we get back out to the car, and we get a cold call. Uh, twice I've gotten a cold call in my life, and it's FCA and apartment life. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of apartment life, but they're an apartment ministry where they, when you live in an apartment complex, they want you to spread the gospel through the apartment complex by creating apartment events for the community. So we were like, okay, so we get discounted rent. We, you know, that, this is great. Where do you guys want us to be? They said, it's Boulevard Apartments. Okay, God. So we move in. We're, we're in the process of selling our house. This is another thing. We go to sell our house and... Um, and uh, I'll just share it. We, we put our house on the market for 265 in Austin, Texas. My realtor's like, we're going to start a bid war. You guys are going to get 290 and, uh, and I was like, okay. And, um, and so I'm praying, and, and I'm like, I don't, you know, we don't need 290 It'd be nice, but Lord, I, I just want you to do something crazy. Um, if we're supposed to move to Charleston, let's say 278 200 who puts an offer for 278-200? We get offer, 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 offer. We had the house on the market for 50 hours. We got nine offers. The ninth offer, the eighth offer is 285. The ninth offer, 30 minutes before the bid process closes, 278-200. And so I'm like, okay, God. And our realtor says, hey, we're going with 285, right? No, nah, we're going with 278-200. And so we moved to Charleston. And so since we moved here, man, God's just been doing immaculate, just the incredibly more, just immaculate things that are insane. At the College of Charleston alone, we've had 18 baptisms in a year and a half. We've handed out over 79 Bibles. We have, uh, we've given out uh, 183 small group Bible study books. Um, We've, through the Apartment Life community, we started an apartment um, small group and uh, led three people to the Lord through that. Um, God has just been using me more than I could have ever asked if I would have went down my own path of physical therapy or baseball or sales or whatever else it was. Because I let him move. Um, I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying. I didn't wear a mask when COVID was a thing, and, uh, and I got COVID four times. Uh, this last time, um, it, it got me. So uh, my wife and I, we, in October this past year, uh, we got a new apartment manager, and the apartment manager said, Ray, we're canceling uh, your program. I said, okay. So we moved out to a carriage house on Daniel Island. Um, a, a couple out there built a carriage house um, and said, hey, we want to use this for young people in ministry in the area. They met us two weeks later. We got canceled out of our apartment complex the same day. Uh, and so we moved in there, and um, they've been just such a huge blessing. Uh, we moved in December 1st. December 2nd, we went on a cruise, a little baby moon, if you will, hospital. They were taking me to the doctor's appointments. The whole time, my wife had to work. Um, 
they were cooking for us. Um, St. Uh, Michael's right down the street. I just got involved with them in September. They gave me an office. They've been cooking for us, um, bring, been bringing us food uh, the entire time. And it's just like, man, God perfectly set us up for this season of our life. And so one thing that I've learned through this season is, uh, man, I, I thought I had faith. And, uh, and, and I can't wait to see how God keeps growing that. Um, but my faith and my prayer life and my worship life have increased exponentially through this season. And God uses it as a wake-up call for my life. Um, even being in ministry, it's like I was lacking uh, on, a, on a whole lot of, um, whole lot of ways. Uh, my, all I could do all day, every day was pray and worship and read the Bible. And so that's what I did. And my faith has increased exponentially. Uh, and then I've got guys like uh, Robert Silcox who comes over and, and he was like, hey, man, I still want to be discipled. And, uh, and I was like, cool, you're going to have to come to the house because I can't, I can't come to you. And so, um, so I've been discipling him, and, and he's potentially the next president of FCA next year at the College of Charleston. Um, and so the Lord has definitely blessed me in this season. Um, faith has, my faith is blockers for my heart. I'm on blood pressure medicine for my, for my uh, vessels. Um, and so every single morning is a bad morning until my medicine kicks in. And so I woke up this morning and, uh, to a dream. And my dream, I, don't, I, I, I need to take time processing it, praying through it. Uh, but in my dream, um, somebody, I don't know who, was praying Psalm 23 over me. Uh, Psalm 23, if you're not in the presence of my enemies, you have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And so, somebody in my dream prayed that over me, and then the Lord said, you suffered long enough. I'm bringing healing. And so, I'm praying that's true, because I'm tired of feeling sick. Uh, it's because he cannot deny himself. Second Timothy. Um, but... Thank you guys so much for allowing me to come and share my testimony. Uh, if you want to hear more about what God is doing th at the College of Charleston, uh, please ask. I'm always excited to talk about ministry over there. Uh, God is doing incredible things, and uh, we're just scratching the surface over there. But thank you guys so much for allowing me to be here. Well, thank you so much for sharing from your heart with us today. And I think as you listen to Will's story, it's just such a reminder about how our ways are not always God's ways and that when we are available